Hello, everybody. Welcome to Junk Miles. We're talking short circuit with Doogie yes. Horner. Yes, we are. I, you know, I'm a big fan of Doogie. I, I am so excited to find out why he chose this. Like Doogie, you know, is, is a very, very, maybe our most creative friend. I mean, on he all is. fronts. Yes. He's a writer. He's an illustrator, an animator. Dance. Dance. He does it all. And he's a bit out there. And I think that's why he's so successful in his design career, his comedy career. And I'm always kind of amazed when I see like, like what's it like that guy into? And then you find out Short Circuit is the movie he picked. He's into everything. Yeah. Chip, how was your day? It's cold in Philadelphia. What do you do with Franklin on such a cold day? Well, I can tell you what I'm doing with a cat right now is just spending a lot of <laughs> extra money on heat because our one cat, Ernie, so we have our, uh, I guess it would be forced air heat uh, through mm-hmm. vents in the, on the, fl- in the floor. Sure. So one of our cats right now, for most of the day, just lays on one of the vents. Nice. So, so it just takes in all of the heat. And then no one else gets that heat? <laughs> Not really, no. It's his. It's all Ernie's. It's Ernie's <laughs> world. And we're just I can picture it. like the two cats just hanging by the heat and like Franklin kind of safe distance away being like, man, I'd love to get me some of that heat. Yeah, but he's afraid. He wants, he's afraid. To, he wants to get the heat off of us. I mean, that's his, that's does his he, MO. Does he basically snuggle up at night when you and Kim settle down watching a little like, yeah. like uh, whatever you're watching? Yes. And what he'll do, too, is if one of us gets out of bed or gets up off of the couch, if we've been there for a while, he will immediately. I mean, if we're sitting on the couch together, he'll sit between us. I'll get up to let's just say refresh my drink. Yeah. And from the time I go. Can I guess what happens? Yes. That little SOB steals your seat as fast as he can. Yes. And so he he collects that warmth. And then if I try to very gently move him. Not doing horrible no. growling accent. Just, <laughs> just growls. Yes. Just growl. Never bites, but just really growls. If I have to, uh, if I have to move him. Yeah. This girl right here, Star Baby. Come here, Star. Star. Shelby. We call her. She has the seat of importance. Shelby always gets a seat of importance on the couch. She demands it. She gets it. And then Star right here is learning all about getting a seat of importance, stealing seats. Kelly leaned up. She just leaned up on the couch to like do something for Una. Star jumped behind her back, forced her, and stole her seat. It was one of the most expert moves I've ever seen a dog stealing warmth. You have to give him credit. Yeah. yeah. And we laugh and we're like, they're so cute. And then if Kelly tries to like move the dog, the whole family boos her. No, it's Star's seat now. Be yeah, nice. She, right. She earned it. She 100% yeah. earned it. Uh, Franklin has a. A new turtleneck. It's actually a hand-me-down <laughs> turtleneck from one of Kim's former dogs from when she was a child, or, oh or a young lady, I should say. Yeah. And uh, it's a turtleneck that he likes to wear. He's very fashionable in it, and uh, he wears it out outdoors. But sometimes indoors, he will wear it as well. He just decides. It's to tough keep it on. to take it off him, right? Like it's on him. You don't want to have to keep taking it off, putting it on. Yeah. So usually, from between our, let's say, dinner walk and our nighttime walk, he'll usually keep his his sweater on. Mm-hmm. It must, it must be nice. Yeah, Shelby has two in a rotation now. They end up getting very stretched out. So as soon as one gets stretched out, we have the other one waiting. Like my yeah. laundry consists of doing laundry when Shelby's sweaters need to be done. Then everybody else's laundry gets done. Dog sweaters. Speaking of laundry, we just had a big day the other day. We had uh, people coming into our, our apartment. 
department and putting a new washer dryer in. Very exciting. Isn't it great? Very exciting. We have not had a washer. Our washer dryer just died. And so, they're impossible to get, right? Like, aren't are they like refrigerators that are hard to get, or no? Y- yes, to a certain extent. Uh, ours we learned was definitely not new. It's definitely repurposed. The one that we got from an, probably another unit. But the 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 problem with ours is that we have this. I don't even want to call it a laundry room. Off the back, I don't know if you ever saw it. It's it's in the back no. of our apartment, right off of our bedroom. It's a tiny. It's basically a walk-in closet. Right. That houses an up and down washer dryer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the people got the original washer dryer into. They must have built the room around the washer dryer. Right. They they had a plot of land. Yes. They started with the washer and dryer, knowing, and then they built the house around it. Put up walls, et cetera, et cetera. I'm a bit of a Philly historian, especially yes. South Philly, and so many of the houses were built that way. Yes, the, uh, the 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 Maytag. I think it was the Maytag surge of '38. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think our just our maintenance guy was just dreading it for two <laughs> years and basically yeah. just. So, I mean, we luckily we did have a. Didn't you have an old fashioned washboard and you would just wear like blue denim overalls, no shirt, and you would just wash the things yes. on the washboard? Take it down to the Schuylkill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had a corn pop cob pipe. <laughs> And I did all my washing. So nice. uh, so we did have a washer dryer. We have one in the basement for the building for the four units. Yeah. But uh, so we'd have to go outside, go into the basement, use quarters to mm-hmm. use for the thing. But now finally we got our washer dryer back. And it is delightful, Jeff. I got to tell you. It's great. Mm-hmm. Is there a better feeling than when you go to your laundry basket, you're out of the shower and your favorite, one of your favorite t-shirts is right there on top of the basket. Like, best. like I have two in rotation, just a plain blue t-shirt. I love it. And I do the laundry, so it shouldn't be a surprise. But when it's in my bedroom and I'm like, oh, what t-shirt? Look at that right there. there it is, right there waiting for you. Oh. That's actually another thing that our, our, our darling cat, Ernie, likes to do is if we take our clothes out of the dryer, you throw them onto the bed in order, you know, just in a big pile in order to fold them. Well, yeah. If he gets wind of it, he'll just jump in and make it his own warm mountain of cloth. So sometimes we have to just let the pile sit there for a few hours so our cat can lie in it and feel special. Isn't it amazing all the concessions you make to the wild animals you brought into your house? Yeah, it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous, Jeff. Chip, I got great news. There's no better feeling than a fresh T-shirt. Put that on. Yeah. And then you see that your very special guest has uh, entered the waiting room. We uh, some, back in the back in the days of early days of comedy in Philadelphia, we used to call him the warm T-shirt of Philadelphia comedy. Whoa, he'd be happy to hear that. He probably heard ha- hasn't heard that in a while. No, let's let him in, Chip. Let's get uh, let's get this young gentleman. Admit Doogie Horner. Let's see, let's see what's happening. I picture him like in a room of just like fantastic, like Willy Wonka. Okay. It'll be, what do you I, think? I see a rocking chair. A rocking in, chair? In a sort of like a, uh, maybe like a bearskin rug. Oh. Maybe we won't see anything because, you know, it's yeah. just his. So it's, uh oh, here. Oh, oh whoa. I, We're both kind of correct. Closer. 
I think you were yeah. closer, Jeff. Doogie, we're trying to predict what sort of environment we would see you in. I predicted kind of a Willy Wonka-esque backdrop where there's just like magical items, brick and rack. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and I believe Chip, you said just a rocking chair and a pipe. Rocking chair, okay. pipe, bearskin rug. My- there we go. Yeah. That's that's about right, Doogie. Doogie, you, can you tell? Oh, you, what what record are we spinning right there? I see Paul McCartney. Two. Do you guys ever listen to that one? What Which is it? one? McCartney Two. Okay, the sequel. It's really uh, it's known for it's like a really weird, it's a really weird album. It's a lot of like electronic stuff, and he recorded it all himself. It's like a solo album, and uh, I really like it though. So no one could tell him no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did that's you guys kinda, like, that's kind of risky with Paul McCartney? Did you guys watch the documentary? Not yet. How about you, Jeffrey? I got through, I'd say, 40 minutes of it. And okay. I, I I couldn't do it. It was it was a little too much anxiety for me. It's long. Yeah. And I'm a beat, I like the Beatles, but I'm not a Beatles fan. I love yeah. some of their albums, but as a dynamic, like the band members, they, they irk me a bit. So it's hard to like. They irk you? Yeah. Like John, I think like John Lennon thinks he's a lot funnier than he was. Oh. Like that kind of deal. Yeah. Like they were a bit full of themselves. I mean, granted, all musical geniuses, each one of them, not going to take that away. Cause you know, I don't want their family to, to hear, you know, this will get back to them, Doogie, if Obviously. I badmouth them. I know Yoko tries to watch everything I do. <laughs> she was, I did an open mic in Buffalo last night. And she was there. And, uh, yeah. We're very big with the Starkey family as well, this podcast. Mm. So, so yeah. you, don't, you, don't like to, you don't like to ruffle any feathers. Here's a little well, yeah, like, they, they are They're musical geniuses, but like you wouldn't want to be on a Quizzo team with one of them, no. I feel like. <laughs> Paul seems like the least annoying. Well, I guess Ringo seems like the least annoying. He doesn't say anything. doesn't say anything. That's why he, he wins. Although Ringo seems like he's the funniest. I would say that. I would say that too, because he's yeah. quiet about it. Yes. Like, like just John is John is the one who's like, everyone come around. It's joke time with John. Oh, John's so annoying. <laughs> That's one of the clips I did see was Paul, I guess, was debuting. They were just sitting around. I think it was just three of them. I think it was Harrison and Ringo and Paul. And he was sort of debuting his song, I Got a Feeling. He's like, I got a feeling, I got a feeling. And uh, just Ringo just finally just stops and goes, let me guess, this is called I Got a Feeling. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Genius. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to um, a recording of theirs live at the B- BBC, and they're talking, they introduce themselves, and uh, he goes, uh, hello, uh, my name's Paul, and I play the bass. Hello, my name's Ringo, I play the drums. Hello, my name's George. I play the guitar. And uh, then John goes, uh, I'm John. I, too, play a guitar. Sometimes I play the fool. And he goes, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. That was pretty funny. I thought that was pretty funny. Just, then you just go right into, any, any joke is funny when you go right into a Beatles song. A hit song. Yeah. yeah. You always have a Hey Jude to fall back on. Hey Jude. Don't you think it would have been more interesting if it was about the creation of a good Beatles album? <laughs> I, mean, I, I, 
I'm not a big fan of Let It Be. I mean, if it was like I, good. I love you know, obviously Rubber Soul. I, I really love Magical Mystery Tour. Mm-hmm. Magical Mystery not, Tour is great. I have that right. Look at this. I have not that. a full-fledged yeah. album. I always thought it was a full-fledged album. Ooh, I never understood. Why, why is it not a full-fledged album? I don't it was released as an a- EP originally, and then they ended up putting other songs on it after the fact. Okay, because, I mean, it's 12. It's 11 songs. Yeah. And everyone, okay, Magical Mystery Tour, Full on the Hill, just right there. Yeah. Flying, Blue Jay Way, Your Mother Should Know. Yeah. I am the walrus. Hello, goodbye. Strawberry fields forever. Penny Lane, baby, you're a rich man with an all you need is love kicker. Now, Doogie, tell me, two of the songs are recorded during like another session, like I believe like Strawberry Fields and another one. And then they ended up tacking it on that album. I think they might. It was Strawberry Fields and another song. Yeah, I have the, I have the vinyl back here, and I'm pretty sure that the track listing is different. I don't think they have Penny Lane yeah. on there. Guys, welcome to Beatles Talk with Doogie, Chip, and Jeff. We are the three biggest Beatles fans in North Whoa. <laughs> this is my favorite Beatles album. I don't know. What is that? Have, like Latin Escapade. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah. That was in their experimental era where yeah. they all must- mustaches. Can you guys hear me okay? Is this yeah. microphone right? Yeah. Okay. Well, Doogie's looking for this album. Let's get Doogie a proper junk miles in there. Ooh, there it is. So, oh yeah, no, I was wrong. The, the track listing is the same. He is. I don't know why I thought he's holding Magical Mystery Tour up. The LP. The LP. Long playing vinyl. Come out to the mystery tour. I love that. That song reminds me. That was the first Beatles album. My aunt. Oh my god. Ever first Beatles album I ever got. My aunt Mary gave it to us. It was an really? original she had as a young Beatles fan. And we just scratched the hell out of it, you know, left it on the floor. <laughs> home Alone. Home, I was going to say, that looks like the Home That's Alone That's a great house. cover. Yeah. Doogie, do wow. you pick some of these albums as a designer and an artist? Do you pick some of these albums based? There's one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah, Lost Never so Sleeps. Insane. Uh, no, I pick, I pick all these albums for the music. I have a lot of books that I'll buy just for the cover. Okay. Um, like, oh, here, let me show you one. Sure. Guys, I'm going to introduce Doogie while he's looking for a book. We're super excited to have uh, author, illustrator, comedian, author of Die Hard Christmas, the YA novel, This Might Hurt a Bit, and much more. He's an America's Got Talent finalist, bass player for Alice in Change. He's a multi-hyphenate, ladies and gentlemen, Doogie Horner. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Thank you. Thank Here's you. the cover I wanted to show you. The, the people on the podcast won't be able to see it, but it's a uh, Penguin Books, a classic Penguin Books orange, and it looks like the title is blacked out, like some sort of uh, CIA document. Yep. What's it's that black, about? It's blacked out, but then it's blind embossed. Oh my god, I see what and you're talking about. So if you run your fingers over, it's 1984. That's George amazing. Orwell. Wow. But it's like embossed, so in person you can you can read it if you shine it oh right i way. see it when you when you when you tilt it the right way you can but it's see it's been that. redacted and i, I wow i love it that's genius greatest, greatest cover ever yeah what's a classic book that everybody should have read doogie like My, something of the let's i'll put it in the 20 any 20th century novel yeah that's good i would choose my novel this might hurt a bit mm-hmm uh, which I don't want to get too showy again for the crowd, but I literally have it sitting right on my bookshelf over here. Now, is that title also blacked out? 
Like if I went to a bookstore, would I be able to see the title? Or I crossed yeah. it all out myself. I took a Sharpie to it. <laughs> I wanted to call that book. Originally, it was called Horse Dogs. And when I sold it, the first thing the publisher said, well, we're changing the name. Oh, they're like, they're like we're what? not. What did what's horse dogs? Name, right. That was the original title of my novel, because in the book and the book wait, is like, th wait, this might hurt a bit. Yeah. So like 75 percent of the book is true. It's basically just based on my childhood growing up in. Um, in Pennsylvania, like out in the country, and when we moved out to the we originally were living in the suburbs and we moved out to the country and we're in the middle of nowhere we're surrounded by cornfields and we're on the porch of our new house and we look across the street at the cornfield and my mom said well that's weird there's some horses like running through the cornfield why aren't they like behind a fence or whatever and then they were running towards us and then we they blasted right across the street and we realized they weren't horses they were dogs that were so big from a distance, they looked like horses and they ran straight at us. We screamed, we had to go in our house and then they're like ah, 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 at the door. <laughs> and so that's why I called the book Horse Dogs because a big part of living in the country, I had to walk to the bus stop every day and these fucking dogs would chase us and they're farm dogs. Oh my so God. They're not tied up or anything. And there were three different farm dogs and they were all like strange mixes like mm -hmm. one was a mastiff mix one was a rottweiler one was a greyhound and so he would chase cars and he would catch them of course like yeah. he would actually run as fast as the cars <laughs> and i'd see people being like ah as he was just pacing them like right next to them like the t2 um anyway are you afraid of dogs now or are you a dog person yes yes i'm uh now terrified <laughs> we have a dog but it's like a shih tzu yeah like a mini, you know oh yeah i mean i'm i just scared. pictured the whole horner family like you guys we should probably go out to the uh grocery store we haven't gone in two weeks well we haven't left the house in two weeks um yeah. i'm scared to death how are we going to do this and you guys are just peeking out like you know the boards that were hammered yeah. right all along your house just kind of like pulling back a board the one morning we were driving out of pulling out of our driveway and the, the Rottweiler ran up to our car, jumped on the hood and was barking at us through the windshield. Like, <laughs> was there any talking with your farmer neighbors about said yes, dogs? We tried. Uh, my dad went over. We were terrified. He's like, we told him what happened. And he's, we were freaking out. And he's like, oh, it's no big deal. I'll just go talk to him. And so he goes to walk across the street. We're like, no, don't go over there. The dogs will get you. Yeah. And he's like, ah, potatoes. You know, he's like classic dad. He's like, it's fine. <laughs> we watched him walk over. We're like, he's dead. He's a dead man. The dogs, they're going to get him. <laughs> like I was like, Cujo I was expecting. Like we were sure. honestly thinking the dogs are going to tear him apart. We didn't even know if anybody lived over there. Like the yeah. farm was falling down. It was one of those farms where you're like, what do they farm? <laughs> like for splintery gray boards you know and um there was a trailer and he knocked on the we watched as he knocked on the door of the trailer and he talked to some like some guy came out with no shirt on and dad talked to him for a while and then dad came back over and he said well the guy says they're farm dogs and he doesn't need to put them on a leash and that's that <laughs>
Wow. <laughs> so, but anyways, if I were to recommend one book from the 20th century, that was, uh, I'd say either Dubliners or The Catcher in the Rye. You say Dubliners, is that the first one? Yeah, maybe Dubliners, maybe Catcher in the Rye. Is Dubliners a more accessible James Joyce novel, would yes. you say? Okay. Yeah, it's very accessible. It's basically written like a normal book. And it's, That's, yeah. you know, as opposed to being like, I twilliger, <laughs> scamby, twipper, boop, butter, pee, you know. Yeah. Um, those are two books that I think are, um, or The Postman Always Rings Twice. Really? Ooh. That book is good. Oh, look at Chip writing it down. I see. I am. I'm memorizing it. I'm just right writing here. down horse dogs because I want to know oh, to be afraid of. And you're drawing like a big horse dog chasing mm -hmm. like a yeah. little doogie. Yes. I would love to see uh, just a drawing of of doogie running real fast, like the cartoon where the, you know, the the dust is shooting dust is, and uh, his and his feet are little wheels and mm -hmm. just yeah. like three giant dogs chasing doogie. Do and like all his art is just flying everywhere, his folders and his. Now, Doogie, you lived there for a while. Did the dogs calm yeah. down? Did they get used to you after a while? They never calmed down. I think the issue was that, like, we built our house. So they okay. were used to just a field across the road oh, forever. Oh, wow. And now there's this you know Brigadoon I mean? here. And now there are yeah. these people. So I think that was part of the issue. And then, yeah, they would chase me. I would go to the bus stop and I would creep. <laughs> I had to creep. Like, I would, there was there were some trees and I would, like, creep behind the screen of trees and then listen when the bus was coming and then make a break for it yeah. you know and one day um i timed it wrong and the, the dogs came out before the bus was there and so i picked up a rock and i threw it at him trying to hit him yeah and i missed because I, I can't throw i don't have a good throwing arm and uh it landed on the ground near him and he went over to see what it was and he picked it up and crushed it in his jaws. <laughs> and so then I threw another rock at him and then he picked that up and like crushed that in his jaws. And like, I was able to kill time until the bus came. Were you ever attacked by these dogs? Like physically attacked or just they, stalked? They never caught me. Wow. I was chased a couple times and uh menaced but they never caught me i love it that's a story of like perseverance like a it's a victory story a young young city kid yeah, yeah. like that's how you learn to survive in in the uh the great farm farmland of pa mm -hmm. honestly i almost died of boredom that was the more dangerous <laughs> thing i was glad for a little excitement I was, like, was the uh do you think the dogs or is they had some sort of knowledge because you built the house on a uh, a graveyard indian indian burial well, it was an indian dog graveyard but i think that's unrelated has nothing to do with it okay well, okay connection yeah i don't see a connection there either i don't know i don't know why people keep bringing that up i don't know why native americans keep reminding me ghostly specters keep mentioning it doogie we uh, have now, you you're you currently living in am i allowed to give your coordinates <laughs> yeah uh, you're you're currently living in uh, Alfred, New York. Is that right? Yep, we moved here. So when the pandemic hit, we left Queens, um, and we moved to the Berkshires for a while. We to stay with family out in the woods, and we were there for like a year and a half. 
and it was pretty nice. There were beavers across the road, and um, did they chase of, you? The be <laughs> and uh, it was nice. And then we kind of got used to like living out in the woods, and we were we were about to move back to Queens in the fall, and then uh, Jen, my wife, got offered a job teaching animation at Alfred State, and she's always wanted to teach animation. And I think if we had been in Queens at the time, we wouldn't have even considered it. But after living outside the city for a year and a half, we realized like, hey, this is this is not too bad. Is um, Alfred pretty rural? It's very rural. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's it's a little college town, um, surrounded by lots of like all it's there's there's stuff around, but they're all really tiny. Like it's in a way, it's not as rural as where I grew up in Clecknersville, but there's kind of like nothing around. Like if you look at it on the map, it's just a, it's just green. Oh, wow. It's just in the middle of nowhere. And what type of burial ground do you currently <laughs> live on? So I'm not too worried about this one. It's just a, I don't think it's a burial ground. I think it's just a skeleton thing. There's like a, a lot dump of sort of situation. I think it's more like, a, I don't think it's, I wouldn't call it a graveyard. I call it like a skeleton dump. Yeah, where they just, people have skeletons, human skeletons, and they just they buried skeletons here. I think it was a right. skeleton, a medical okay. some some kind of Native American medical school thing. I think okay. is what it was. So yeah. I'm not worried. I get you. Um, no, I understand. I wouldn't be afraid of that either. Sounds idyllic. <laughs> no, but here's it's funny, one thing so... I am afraid of though: <laughs> is this week's movie answer. Yes, the well, old, the big C. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I tell you one thing about our town? Yeah, I love yeah. it. Love to hear it. So. Our, um, it's this really tiny town and I know it's tiny because we had just moved here and I was walking down the street in, uh, in our little neighborhood and uh, a lady saw me and she said oh you must be the comedian <laughs> and I said yep and she said have you met the other comedian oh no <laughs> I was like oh no we have to duel <laughs> she's like there's another comedian who lives in town he's from New Zealand and uh, so I went and met him and he's like really funny. He's been doing it forever. He's been doing it for like 20 years. He was famous in New Zealand and then, but his wife is American and her family's from here. So then they moved here and he was in Lord of the Rings. Of course. His name's Steve Wrigley. He's a really funny dude. And so um, we've like teamed up and been doing some shows together. That's awesome. Here. And it's actually, I've actually been able to do like a, enough, enough gigs that i'm not going crazy that's cool. all right how great is the new zealand accent i mean i only know it from pretty much um flight kind of the concords flight, flight of the, the concords yeah, yeah i mean that's the only and i just love like it's it's hypnotizing to me it's like mellifluous <laughs> uh -huh. just i could listen to it forever and i can't pick out like accents really well but i get so excited in a movie if there's a new zealander like a kiwi Mm -hmm. And they start talking, and I lean over to my wife. I'm like, That's, "He's from New Zealand." <laughs> She's like, "Very good, Jeff. We know." Yeah, that. yeah. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. you have like the two. You are in the top two of Alfred New York's best comedians. That's right. Yeah. Did you win Alfred's Funniest this year? <laughs> I came in second. Okay. Well, you know, you placed pretty I think good. That's important. Yeah. Not bad. Speaking of of funniest. Dude, you have a big show coming up. Helium, Saturday the 29th. Helium may be the yeah. greatest comedy club in the East Coast. Are you excited to come back to Philly? Yeah, I am. Um, it's always nice to come back and 
artsy friends and mm-hmm. um, I'm working on, I was looking at my material and I realized a couple days ago and I realized, oh, I have enough, I basically have enough material to do another album. So like new, like stuff that wasn't on my, my first album, A Delicate Man. So I was really excited to realize that. And so this Saturday is going to kind of be a dry run for for the album, which I'll record either, I don't know, the summer or fall. I'll, I'll see what happens with COVID, you know, but. Where would be your ideal venue to record your album? I did my first album at Helium Philly. So I think I'm just going to do it at, at Helium Philly again. I mean, I also like performing at uh, Steel Stacks in mm-hmm. Bethlehem, which is my hometown. Um, Ugin, I just did that this uh, winter. Yeah. Chip, you speak very highly of them. Like, don't they treat you really well up there? And is they that still sex? Great. Yes, they treat us great. It's just such an interesting place to hang out at. Have you been there, Jeff? Nope. It's it, take the take take the gals up yeah. there someday. It's just a fun. I, I, there, there's obviously lots of events. There's indoor events. There's outdoor events. It's a whole. Would you call it almost a campus? I mean, it's mm-hmm. just this mm-hmm. whole. Uh, there's the stacks you can actually walk up on now. Like they have this sort of like catwalk type situation where you can walk up along them and then you go inside and there's movie theaters. There's, you know, at least half a dozen perf- performing venues, either indoors or outdoors there. It's just a, it's just a really fun, it's a beautiful place. Nice. Yeah. Or I'd, I would say maybe Vermont comedy club. Those are kind of my favorite mm-hmm. rooms. Mm-hmm. Montpelier, where where in uh, Vermont are we talking? Burlington, Vermont. Burlington, Burlington. yeah. I, I just wanted to throw out that I knew a town in Vermont. That, that was very good. Thank yeah. you. The I remember being in Burlington. This is wow. I'm this this is actually tw- I think twenty years ago exactly. Twenty years ago, I, I went up one summer. I had some friends who lived up there Burl- in Burlington, Vermont. The tallest building in Burlington, Vermont. You want to guess how many stories? Two. Tallest guess- skyscraper is three it was actually 11 do- surprisingly it was 11 stories i was i was very surprised now that doesn't seem so short that he and i both said two and three yeah but it was a it, it was an old folks home which i thought was the weirdest thing about that like the one place we usually want them yeah. on the same on one floor yeah. they're like nope stack them up kids we're gonna wow. stack those and it was by far the biggest building and they'd just industry. be like whoever the healthiest youngest old folks they had yep. like the top floors right yeah no elevators either just no. walk-ups baby you had these completely jacked like 70 year olds with just these giant legs who are just the, like the thighs on these octogenarians were just massive yeah all right boys we could talk about octogenarians and comedy clubs um rabid dogs all day long and it's great and i love it and that, but let's and, save that for our other podcast rabid yes. dogs octogenarians <laughs> And comedy clubs, mm-hmm. or maybe we could just tack it onto our new Beatles podcast. But we'll we'll decide that mm-hmm. later, guys. We're here to talk about the movie Short Circuit. Now, Doogie, what we like to do is we we just give a little synopsis that we carefully write together, Chip and I, back and forth. Right? Sometimes we don't have time, and we just take it straight from Wikipedia. Yep. So, Short Circuit is a 1986 American science fiction comedy directed by John Badham. And written by S.S. Wilson and Brent Maddock, the film's plot centers upon an experimental military robot that is struck by lightning and gains a human-like intelligence, prompting its escape to learn more about the world. The film stars, of course, the amazing Ali Sheedy, 
superstar actor at the time, Steve Gutenberg, Fisher Stevens, Austin Pendleton, a couple other people. And the voice of the robot was Tim Blaney, number five. Um, Doogie, please set the scene. Where was the first time you experienced Short Circuit and why did you choose this as your movie to discuss? First time I saw it, I was a, I was a little kid and I was at home and it was just one of those movies that I think we rented. I mean, I remember renting movies back in those days was just sort of like a blind grab, you know, like my parents had no clue. They're like, Oh, this is a thing. Let's get this, <laughs> huh, kids? You know, like it was a real. It's a box. Let's you know. Let's get it. But like, you didn't know anything about movie. Like, you go in blind. You know, like now I feel like I watch a movie. I'm like, I already know everything that's gonna happen. Or, right. Um. And I remember it blew my little mind. Um. It's such a roller coaster. You know, like the openings. Like you, you, you as a kid, seeing it for the first time, you don't know what direction it's gonna go in. And it's got a lot of turns too. Like it's funny. Uh, there's the part where the robot's like trashing Ali Sheedy's house. And that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got a lot of tonal shifts. Like, oh yeah, you think number five is going to die. The military is chasing him. Uh, it's got a romance subplot, which is kind of weird. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I just remember it affected me really strongly. And I, I have a son and um, we were once I kind of remembered short circuit. And I was like, Oh, I should watch it with him and see if it holds up and see what he thinks of it. And it, it, it totally worked on him still. It's like, there's some old movies that you watch them now. And I feel like new movies, they're made the way they're made. They're a little more like precise yeah. and well lit and like easy to follow. Um, and old movies, I guess, because they were working on film or they had more technical restrictions. Sometimes they're a little like confusing or whatever, um, and they they're not they don't really work on modern kids. But Short Circuit totally worked on my son. He, How old was has your son when he watched it? Twenty one years old. Twenty one. He's got kicked by a donkey, so he's more like per- perfect robot age. Very intelligent mm-hmm. dog. I would say yeah. no. Uh, he's he was five when he watched it. Oh, that's great. Now, that is a pretty good. That's a good move. That's there's nothing really that a five year old can't see in that. I was just, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's pretty cool. Well, well there's actually, actually lots was, of stuff in there, um, but it's all the type of stuff that like goes over a kid's head. Mm-hmm. You know what oh, I mean? Like, there's the one sure. part where the robot gives him the finger. Yeah. Um, there's a part where Ali Sheedy's naked in the bathtub and Johnny Five's like flirting with her and saying, yeah, her, I like your software. And his eyes actually yeah. bug out. His <laughs> eyes only bugged out in two scenes and that was one of them. But you're right, in general, there's not, it's all stuff that would go over a kid's head. Yeah. Although I did notice a number, there, there was some language though too. Did yeah. that, does, that, does that bother you as a parent or, or you just sort of let that roll? I don't really care. I mean, as a parent, the stuff that bothers me more is the sort of subtle, insidious things. Like in a lot of movies these days, one thing I noticed about Short Circuit is it's a movie full of joy. I mean, there are moments of terror and fear also, but in general, it's a movie of joy. And a lot of movies these days, characters are really snarky. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they'll just do things like, Mom, or, oh, come on. And it's the type of thing where, my son could watch that and absorb it and actually start talking like that. 
yeah. as opposed to if he's watching a movie where you know like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger kills a bunch of people with a machine gun I could just say don't kill people with machine guns mm-hmm. like it's clearly wrong but this sort of subtle snark and subtle negativity um yeah I think I my, I talk about against. this I talk about this with my girls and they're older they're 13 and 16 but and thankfully they realized this early, like all the shows that are geared to them, there's no real dialogue, it's quips. It's someone quipping and someone quipping back, someone quipping, someone quipping back. When you watch these movies from the eighties and my girls are very into eighties movies now, it's just real dialogue. Like it's, yeah. mm-hmm. they're not one upping each other on every sentence. Like Ali Sheedy's kind of like sweet exuberance and just naturalistic acting in this movie. And I also watch war games was so incredibly refreshing. She was a, in war games. She was like a normal teen. She wasn't this amazing athlete or student. You know, she was like failing a class, but she was just a real student. Um, you know, Matthew Broderick, that movie talked with a lot of ums and ahs and not every re, everything was a rejoinder. They just talked. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with this movie. I think you got a lot of, I mean, it got quippy at times. They used Fisher Stevens just to punch a lot of jokes in, but like you said, my girls went through that period without picking up that really sarcastic, sassy tone. Their friends don't talk to each other like that. And it's my only good parenting I've ever done. That's good. You're, you're so lucky you dodged a bullet there. Now, speaking of good parenting, and you know, you say you watch these newer movies with your son, Doogie, and he's five. This past autumn, when you sat him down and watched Midsummer with him, <laughs> how how did he respond to that? We did just watch 2001 A Space Odyssey, Ooh. which a lot of people are surprised by. Um, but it is, it's rated G. Yeah. And I warned him ahead of time. First of all, I told him the whole plot of the film before we watched it. Because mm-hmm. I knew if I didn't, he wouldn't know what the heck was going on. Yeah, right. Secondly, I warned him. I said, this movie is going to be slow mm-hmm. and weird. And it's going to be, it's going to do stuff. It's going to be unlike any movie you've seen before. You know, like the way it cuts or the way it frames things or the pacing or things like that, you know. Um, was he into it? He was into it. He watched the whole thing. He was super into it. Um, and I noticed something this time that I hadn't noticed before. There's they were in little, space. They're in outer space. <laughs> the year, yep. mm-hmm. 2001. I never noticed. It's in the title, but I don't know why. Okay. I never noticed. Um, no, uh there's very little dialogue in the movie and all the dialogue that is in it is really empty boring chatty small talk Mm. and the only the most human dialogue in the movie is given to Hal. yeah like he's the only one that has dialogue that has any emotion or subtext and everybody else's dialogue is just like basically meaningless like you could cut it out Mm. and like he's the most human character so where did, how, where did he learn if the people he was monitoring didn't have like, you know, kind of energetic discussions, where did he learn to like pick up nuanced language, right? Because isn't that who he learned from? Or did he? I think what happened was he went to Ali Sheedy's house, watched Ooh, a ton that- of TV, mm-hmm. speed read the entire Encyclopedia Britannica. Oh, I yeah. Love it. I, love it. I love that scene when I was a kid. Me I was too. Like, like when he's speed reading and wrecking the joint when you two do growing up do you remember speed reading dynamics 
No. What's that? Speed reading sense. dynamics was this kind of infomercial where they would teach you how to speed read and you would like send away for a videotape that was literally called like Evelyn Wood speed reading dynamics. Do you want to read a book in 30 minutes or in peace? You can do it. And they would just show the people going. Wow. And you were amazed. Like as a kid, I'm like, if I had the money, I'd be an Evelyn Wood speed reading dynamics student. But uh, I, I never followed up to find out guys. I'm thinking it might've been a scam. I don't know, but. I've met people that claim they can speed read. Mm. And I was like, do you, do you have a hundred percent comprehension? And they said, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's another podcast we need to do guys. We bring on speed readers <laughs> and we you ask them. Be, okay. This would be an interesting part. We each Doogie you're invited back. Yeah. Okay. For it, for a podcast in the near future, we each pick a book that we've never read before a novel you know, 300 pages, uh -huh. whatever it might be. Uh -huh. We each pick a novel, it, the, the same book. We get the book and then we give ourselves <laughs> 30 minutes to read it. And then we have to come back and discuss the novel based on our understanding of it. And, and you, you can, can read, you can read it any way you want. Right. Uh -huh. Yeah. First 10 pages, middle 10 pages, last 10 pages. Yeah. I'm just going to look at the cover for a half hour. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good idea. Nitpick the cover, Doogie. This Great Gatsby, I think it, the movie's about a floating lady face <laughs> at a carnival. He's not a very good swimmer. Yeah, that would be my takeaway. Doogie, when we talk about movies, we like to pepper in movie fun facts. That's one we of do. the things. Chip Ooh. and I do a lot of research. It's insane. Do either of you guys know the official robot name, his official name? Obviously not. He doesn't take the name Johnny Five until the very end, as we know, when he when he really becomes fully conscious as a almost a human. But what was his official name? Wasn't his name yeah. like the Saint Number Five, which I forget what it what Saint stands for. Doogie, you would get super amount of points if you knew what the acronym or the initialism Saint stood for. I think uh, his name, his real name is actually Jonathan Fivesberg. Okay, and then he came to Hollywood, decided mm -hmm. to Short wanted name. to get some work. He wanted to got make it, sure yeah, he wasn't less. typecast. Jewish, I got you. Yeah, he's a Jewish robot. Uh, Saint is um, Servo. A is Noodle Dude. You're, na you're nailing it. Oh, close am I. It's a strategic, artificially intelligent nuclear transport. He was a nuclear transport. That was his main job. Transport uh, nuclears. Transporting nuclears. Hmm. There were 15 working versions of Johnny Five on the set. And you wouldn't believe this, guys, but the fifth model, actually named number five, was the only one to go haywire and go uh, short circuit. Really? It took wow. a dozen, and it took a dozen people to make Johnny five move. And in the famous scene, when you had the three uh, robots doing the, mm -hmm. the very funny three, three stooges, stooges, like 18, 18 guys working that there was no, wow. no how'd CG. they fit all those guys in the suits? They're so skinny. They're super skinny. That's the it was thing. The 80, they, it was the eighties doogie, uh, a little, little nose uh, candy. Little those nose guys, candy. those guys, yeah, didn't there were a lot, a lot of, actually you, you can look, I think the, the official uh, casting is online where they just said like super skinny guys, pipe cleaners for arms, pipe cleaners for legs. Big heads are fine. Big heads are fine. They were the same ones that uh, got baby Jessica from down in the well. 
Oh, wow. remember that? Yeah, they, they yeah. were the same. It was the same 18 guys that went down into the well. To, Do you to know, get Chip, I don't mean to brag, but I, I'm kind of friends with her. And um, she signs all her emails um, with, uh, I hope this finds you not in a well. <laughs> Boy, I would love to be a pen pal with her just Does for that. Does she really? Wow. Yeah. Does she she's really? Fun. She's fun. She's Tell a total, she's total, a- total fun. What a gas. Wow. Yeah. She still likes to be called baby too. Like she's like, it's baby Jessica. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Chip, what were some of your favorite? Like what sucked you in? Why did you, I know we both loved it. I really loved this movie. I watched it recently. Chip, what, what did it for you? Why are you a Johnny five fan? I could be misremembering this, but I, I feel like I had a different experience going into the movie than Doogie did where I feel like this was going to be like the next because this was like 86, like the next Back to the Future, the next, I just remember seeing trailers for it, seeing commercials for it and being like, this is going to be the biggest thing in the world. He's this hilarious robot. Mm -hmm. I can't wait for it. And then I remember loving it. I don't think I ever saw the sequel, but I, I remember renting this movie. I remember watching it, thinking it was hilarious. I will say, I'm not saying that it doesn't hold up, but I think, which I, I, in, in, enjoyed it very much uh, the second time around or probably the 10th time around because I probably watched it nine or 10 times when I was a kid. But I, I felt like my memory did not match what actually happened. I think I just built it up in try, mm-hmm. like it was like, I mean, good movie, great structure. And like you said, there was tonal shifts, but like not much happened. A robot got away went to a lady's house and then they were kind of on the run. That's, that's basically the gist. But like, if, if you were to ask me literally four days ago, what happened in short circuit, I would have been like, Oh yeah, he was a robot. He ran away. Uh, He and Ali Sheedy and, uh, and and Steve Gutenberg opened up a pancake restaurant. They had lots of fun. They went on trips to Paris. They, and like, and there was all these other robots and they all had like played robot games and it was this whole thing. And I forgot how simple the movie it's a was. Really simple movie, actually. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. I think that's that why it's my... great for kids because you can like follow it. It's easy mm-hmm. to understand. Thinking about it, there were no subplots, right? I mean, if you considered like you know that total wow. dick Frank, like trying to you know get involved and in, you know yeah. like the main the main you know problem was Nova trying to get the robot back, but they threw in Frank which total abusive boyfriend and glad she got rid of him. Yeah. But uh, that was probably the only real subplot. I have a question. So when ET came out, did Steven Spielberg get sued by the guys who made short circuit for copying short circuit? I think he did. And I think that that was a big cross to bear for him. And that's why he oh. pushed himself to make even better movies. Cause he had to pay yeah. off the short circuit people. No, but so this is a total ET <laughs> ripoff, right? I mean, yeah, <laughs> like- it's, it's, it's not as bad as Mac and me, but it is pretty much, it is the rip. Yeah. I mean, well, and it was even the thing that she thought that he was an alien as yeah. well. Like she's like, like oh, it's amazing. She didn't be like, Oh my God, you're an ET. Here's some Reese's pieces. That scene had very ET vibes. Like, it like, did, yeah. like just to get him into the house, like yeah. shot for shot was. Yeah. So I guess we'd call it just an homage, right? No rip off, just an homage. Homage. I like John Badham knew what he was doing. He was yeah, a pro. I think it's a- distant enough that it's like yeah oh by the way i pronounce his name bad ham oh but i see his english and you probably right i think you're right i think it's bad bad ham okay 
That's Wouldn't that be great if that was your name and that was your thing to always correct people? Bad ham. It's, it's, it's bad actually ham. bad ham. <laughs> it's um, pronounced I, like I, Batman, I w- but bad ham. <laughs> I'm bad ham. <laughs> I'm bad ham. <laughs> One of the things that this movie gave us, it, there, I don't believe there was an official soundtrack to the movie, it so but it gave us the El DeBarge song, uh, Who's Johnny? Yeah. I think oh. I believe it's called Who's Johnny, right? Played played three different times in the movie. Like yeah. they they really they, really they knew they had a hit on their hands with that song. Great song. I just mm-hmm. remember such an 80s soundtrack song. So much fun. It just got such great hooks. And it delivered, I'm gonna call it the worst music video of all time. Now, Chip, would you say that's because it was so bad? One of the stars of the movie didn't appear in it, so they used a cardboard cutout of him. A black and white cardboard cutout of Steve Gutenberg. For no reason. Just that he didn't have to be in it. He didn't have to be in it. And Ali Sheedy literally looks like she would rather be anywhere else in the world, but she's such a good sport. There's an actual scene in the video where she's physically jumping over a shark. You can see it in the background of the court scene. Dude, yeah, a doogie in the audience, just go fire up when this is over. Fire up two things. Fire up the video for El DeBarge, uh, Where's Johnny? Um, also, fire up the opening title sequence, which is awesome. Yeah. It is really, the, the typography is very cool, mm-hmm. very tense, like electro, almost craftwork type music. And the vibe, if you didn't know, just going into it, you'd be like, we have a robot thriller on our hands. There's yeah. no... Then it goes right into this scary tanks getting blown up by these robots. And you're, you would have no idea that this is going to turn into, as Chip and I called it earlier, a romp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird. There's a lot of tonal shifts. There's a lot of really funny parts. Like Johnny five has a tracker on him and he gets rid of it. He throws it onto a farmer's pickup truck. <laughs> and so then, the army stops the pickup truck and it's these, it's an old man and an old woman. And when the army stops them, the woman whispers to her husband, hi, is the weed still in the glove compartment? <laughs> she said, I literally wrote this down because I thought it was the funniest line. I hope you took the grass out of the glove compartment. <laughs> she calls it grass. Grass. Dude. Grass. Chip, I thought you would enjoy. There's no one played a better asshole in the 80s. No one than G.W. Bailey, no. Captain Scroder. Mm. Wasn't which is he, a great name by the Scroder. way yeah, Scroder. yeah yep got it great. in there he was he was the uh um steve gutenberg he, cop movie he was he, police academy he police was academy the, oh yeah which i it didn't dawn on me until after the movie i was like he was the foil in steve gutenberg's other big 80s romp besides three men and a lady yeah go check gw bailey's imdb and it literally is this like major asshole major asshole another (laughs) and he's so good at it like i was so excited to see him and um let's get let's just get this out of the out of the way here fisher stevens played an indian engineer ben jatubia he really i read a whole article about it he really regrets it now it was also it was very like very sad for fisher fisher stevens regrets doing the brown face it definitely haunts him he immer- he immersed himself in the work to play the role, not as the stereotype. It included reading books about India, studying with the dialect coach, living in India a month before. What? 
Yes, this is all true. This guy put more work into his role than I guarantee anybody else put into their role oh, in God. Short Circuit. Oh, it shows. He's great in it. He's. I didn't know he was an Indian until I started did as an I. adult. Did you guys know that not only did you and the audience at the time, this is one of his first roles, did not know he was an American. There were Indians who believed he was real Indian. They thought he was a current Bollywood star at the time. I forget the guy's name. And they would, they were sending him congratulations on your new movie, breaking into the American market. This guy had to put out an official press release. I'm not him. Wow. Like that's wow. how good Fisher Stevens. And, you know, like you can read the, the interviews with him. It is kind of sad. He's just like, yeah, I messed up. But, and then John Badham, of course, was just like, can't people take a joke? It was fun. Like he's not, he's an old curmudgeon. Yeah, he's dude. not saying. He, he didn't give it, a shit. Part, part of me feels bad for the actor too. I, I think nowadays, obviously, like you can make those decisions. Like back then it wasn't, you know, obviously it wasn't as the forefront. And it's a guy who needs an acting job and they're like, this is what you're going to do. And so he does it. It's, I, I feel like you have to put it more on the director or the casting director. Well, there's a whole weird thing where he was hired to play it as an American, just as a geek. Okay. And then they're like, John Badham's like, no, I want someone like a real geeky engineer. Let's get an Indian. And they're like, great. So we have to get an Indian actor. He goes, oh, no, we're going to hire Bronson Pinchot. So they fired Fisher Stevens, brought on Bronson Pinchot because, guys, he can do accents. Yes, he can. So they brought Bronson Pinchot on. Get out of city, cousin Larry. Yes. And someone else can do accents, I see. And guys, Mm. if you like that character work, if you like impressions, January 29th, Helium Comedy, the master of impressions, Doogie Horner. Get your tickets now. I'll be doing all my impressions. Irish. Good day there. Uh, Chinese. Hello. Do your um, New Zealand, Doog. Oh, New Zealand. Oh, uh, uh, second breakfast. The ring is so heavy. Pennsylvania Dutch. Bring Bologna. I got so many different. The man of a thousand voices. I mean, Maybe. don't give it all away right now. Nice. You're giving it away for free yeah. right now, Toogie. Jeez. My yep. God. So they, they brought they brought Fisher Stevens back. And then when they brought him back, he's like, I'm going method. And he literally went to Indian study. And wow. he was uh, had some funny lines, some good lines. I didn't like his line about having getting a Woody. thought that was weird. <laughs> but that yeah. was like his. So he wasn't really Indian, but Johnny Five was really alive, right? Definitely, 1,000%. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Do you guys... Like you just made your son watch an incredibly boring movie. Mm-hmm. And then this movie, mm-hmm. you're really into AIs coming to life, gaining yep. sentience, correct? Yep. That's, that's all. all we so do is- so mm-hmm. what's next for the Horners? Are we going to watch iRobot, Westworld, Chappie? What are we thinking? Flight of the Navigator. Have- what was that? Oh, <laughs> we, we have already done Flight of the Navigator. Did you know, I'm pretty sure the Navigator is voiced by Pee Wee Herman, right? I think I believe so. Yeah. Wow. That was, yeah surprising that was um, one of my favorite movies as a kid that was that was heavy in the rotation of the chance yeah Castle. flight of the navigator yeah that was one i rewatched recently and i thought it didn't again like in my when i watched it as a kid i was like oh this movie's epic and i watched it now and i'm like nothing nothing happens, happens. yeah um yeah so what I, are some of your favorite uh robots going wild know, yeah, well, robots go, gone. But... Robots gone wild. I like mm-hmm. Volume Three where they're down in Palm Beach mm-hmm. and the robots are on the yacht taking their tops off. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a fun a good one. one. Doing robots coke. gone wild. Yeah, I like that one. Pass me a line. Yeah, 
Uh, I like AI, the Steven Spielberg film. That That's uh, Haley Joe, Haley Joel, yeah. right? I can't watch that one. Do you remember the scene where, so it's like a little robot, but this, this couple gets a little robot boy, but he looks like a human. Yeah. He's a, what do you call it, a cyborg, I guess? Mm -hmm. um, a replicant, shall we say? Mm -hmm. And because they can't have a kid, but then they actually are able to have a kid. So now they still got this replicant. Oh, though. it's heartbreaking. And there's a scene where they're, the real kid and the replicant are both in the pool and they're both drowning and they go in and they save the real kid and the replicant sinks to the bottom of the pool and he's just looking up through the water at them and he's okay because he's a replicant. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, That's a brutal movie. Brutal. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of brutal, I think the message, and I and I don't know if you, if your son got this, but I just like the whole message about this movie short circuit is that it's a robot who learns about his own mortality. Does he? He really does. He well, but he's he, immortal. Uh, uh he's well, a robot. but he's afraid that he's he could die. He uh, could be. That's right. true. He's he's very afraid he's gonna he's die. Very afraid. That was a very poignant scene about mortality in general. I guess. Yeah. 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 When he figured out what disassemble and he lost his effing marbles, he's like, this guy's not getting disassembled. Yeah. Like that was a very triumphant moment. You're like, you're taking, you're taking back your life here, buddy. Yeah. I tell you what moment was not triumphant, but was supposed to be near the end when they kidnap Steve Gutenberg and bring him out to the desert to try to convince him that Johnny five really is alive. Mm -hmm. And Gutenberg tells him a joke. Oh, this joke sucks. And then Johnny five doesn't laugh. And so Gutenberg's like, Oh, he must be a robot. I'm like, no, <laughs> 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 it's just a bad joke steve <laughs> yeah. but then johnny five is alive enough to know oh i have to pretend this shit's funny so this guy thinks i'm alive he would be a great audience member going to helium on the uh january 29th oh, january. what would you guy. do doogie if you walked out on yeah. january 29th and two-thirds of the crowd were robots yeah i would break out my french impression okay oh i would love it how you say croissant? They would love that. There Robots love a, French humor. A mouse under my hat, cooking hat, controlling my actions. I do not <laughs> wash my hands. I eat cigarettes for breakfast. I have many affairs. My car is so small. <laughs> yeah, I think you're I nailing it, Tiggy. Chip. Gerard Depardieu is so handsome. And uh, all of our bulldogs are French bulldogs. We just call them bulldogs because, uh, yeah. you know, that's what I would do. Probably, I, th I, I think it. that's a great idea. Chip, yeah, we're getting this for free. We're getting this for I free. I think we are. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm excited. Chip, now you know you mentioned there was a short circuit too. It didn't star. Yep. It didn't star. Um, Steve Gutenberg when they offered it to him said the script wasn't ready, so I'm not doing it. And then Ali Sheedy was too expensive at this point. So Michael McKeon, obviously we know from, you know, Lenny, Lenny. And Squiggy fame, I'm sure he's done other things. Um, he took the job. Chip, you did some research. There's, there was more than just a short circuit too. Is that correct? Well, there was wow. supposed to be. Oh, there okay. was supposed to be. There was actually almost 20 other sequels. Holy. Good that God. were written. Yeah. That, that were written, you know, cause you know, some of them don't, uh, you know, sometimes it's direct to video or it's just streaming. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not, the big budget that the first one was, but 
they unfortunately just for one reason or another they had to keep scrapping them uh which which i thought was so first of all so in 86 was the original 88 i believe was short circuit 2 which i don't remember seeing um so 1989 was supposed to be short circuit 3 it was called short circuit 3 the iran contra fiasco and it was really more just about procedural stuff and about just the court case itself and the the hearings not very funny like he had a few funny quips but uh, he's like, you call those arms? And then he does a thing like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It hmm. didn't it didn't work. So they so they scrapped that they they halfway through shooting. They just stopped uh, 1992. There was uh, short circuit Four. Um, it was called Mosh Pit Machine. Uh, it was where uh, Johnny uh, Johnny Five goes grunge. So he's like wearing a, a flannel t-shirt shirt. One. I remember hearing about you know, that one. spending time at Starbucks up in up in Seattle, going to a lot of rock shows shooting up horse and they were like you know what it just it just what? doesn't seem to be right yeah uh there was the one i don't know if, if you remember this in 1993 there was short circuit five that was supposed to come out uh it was called johnny and the juice this is 1993 it's called johnny and the juice johnny five and oj simpson were supposed to solve mysteries together uh-huh. but for whatever reason what happened though why didn't they, that, that they got shelved great. it got shelved for for one i, I don't know if if oh, he if oj simpson was wasn't available that he was framed for yeah remember when uh, he got framed for those murders yeah yeah he got framed. so maybe that had something to do with it. i don't know mm. uh, the next year 1994 it was supposed to be short circuit six that was subtitled johnny 7-eleven where johnny johnny five played a cashier at a local convenience store and his ne'er-do-well robot friend johnny seven worked in an adjacent video store and it was shot in black and white it was very dialogue heavy Apparently, uh, it was very it was very similar to another movie that was coming out around that same year. So they they had to scrap that one. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, 1997, he was going across the pond. This is going to be the big one. Short Circuit 7, Buckingham Bot, where Johnny played Princess Diana's new robot bodyguard. That one just uh, they just they greenlit it and then decided not to have it. 2001. So there's 13 more of these coming. Yeah. 2001 okay. uh short circuit eight it was called johnny 911 i don't even i i couldn't find much about that one. Oh come on johnny 911 yeah redacted, redacted the whole redacted really? yeah they took the whole script. so the, here's the interesting part from 2003 to 2012 it was short circuits nine through 17 that actually did come out direct to video uh where johnny was either a vampire and or a zombie robot because during those years that's the only way you can make a movie uh, and then in 2016, it was uh, Short Circuit 18, Johnny VP, where he was supposed to play the first robot vice president to the first female president. That one got scrapped. And then finally, in 2020, it was supposed to be Short Circuit 19, Johnny Chafing Dish, where Johnny Five starts his own catering business for a number of large indoor gatherings. And that one, for whatever reason, in 2020, uh, got scrapped as well. So unfortunately, we haven't had you know a lot of sequels to uh, the Short Circuit series. I would love to see one where Johnny Five stops nine eleven, kind of like revisionist history type mm-hmm. yeah. one, where mm-hmm. he time travels and gets on the plane. And I bet you, I I bet you Fisher Stevens would have a great accent. <laughs> yeah, he plays one of the terrorists in that mm-hmm. one. <laughs> 
Uh, by, the, by, by the way, one of my favorite lines in the movie is something that I still remember to this day that my brother and I used to say to each other all the time. I know what you're going to say. Do you know what it is? Go ahead. No, no, you, you, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to let everyone know. Yeah. I love this line too. It is, he was, he was fighting with another robot and he said, hey, laser lips, your mama was a snowblower. Yeah. Oh, what a put down and my brother and i use loved using that line that my was, mom a, that was heard a me one. say that and she's like where'd you learn that <laughs> where'd you learn language like that and i was i told her and i wasn't allowed to watch it anymore oh my but god i told her i was like i don't think that's an insult is it and she thought about it for a minute and she goes well it's not a compliment oh wow that's a Which great mother true. line right if there that's great that's, your mother's a that's mrs horner just dropping complete science on everybody they would be confused but they'd be like mm. Mm. so doogie have you not seen the who's johnny video the music video where they're in a courtroom no. okay. but i know what you're talking about that song they played a couple great times. song I'm like, yeah but okay Did every song in this movie have the name johnny mm -hmm. in it what's the deal yeah this was the you can see the moment in the movie you can say i think it's at like 72 minutes in where you know of course ali sheedy was a member of the brat pack mm -hmm. of course there's a there's an exact moment in the movie where you can actually see it go. She went from being a member of the the Brat Pack to the Goot Troop, as I like to call it. That's Steve <laughs> Gutenberg and all of his like, you no. know, his uh -huh. his underlings and his people yeah. that he hung out with. Yeah, oh, Chip, she, what is it called again? The Goot Troop. The so she went from the Brat troop Pack to the to Goot the troop. troop. And it was just it was just Holy it crap. was just Steve Gutenberg and his entourage and his like Michael Winslow. Him. Let's see, with Steve like Steve Michael, Gutenberg. Michael Winslow. Michael Winslow. J.W. Uh, Bailey, of course. Yeah, J.W. Bailey, definitely part of that. Um, maybe a young, uh, maybe, you know, it's before they were in the movie together, but maybe a young Ted Danson. Or, yeah, uh, yeah, T. Dance was in it. Uh, the, yeah, there, there was, yeah, uh, the Max Hedrum. I think Max Hedrum was Matt, in there. Yeah, Matt Frewer. Matt Frewer, yeah, he was yeah. He was a part of it. Uh, you know, there was just a, there was a, I mean. I, I heard Adrian Zamed. Was in that Adrian Zamed. Uh, he he was definitely in the Goot Troop. That was a fun one. Um, the legendary Wid, I believe he was. This is his early <laughs> days. He was he was involved in that. Um, yeah, there was a lot of really good. I think Kirk Cameron was in the Goot Troop before he became yeah. boarding a Christian. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love the Goot Troop, guys. Did you know the sound of Johnny's laser? Actually, it was the noise from Ghostbusters when the proton packs power up. Really? Wow. So when you see the laser. This is another, this, one of the Johnny Five models, like when the movie was over, you know, they still had the, the models. Uh, Wes Craven directed a horror flick called Deadly Friend. He used the chassis of Johnny Five as his deadly friend. And I have to tell you guys, I've watched this movie multiple times. Matthew Labatro, young Matthew Labatro, who was uh, famous for being uh, in Little House on the Prairie. His girlfriend he he's a, a geek he builds robots his girlfriend dies he brings her back to life using the brain the robot brain and puts it into his girlfriend thinking he's gonna you know save her let's just say things don't go to plan there is one of the greatest scenes ever just type in when you're done doogie you have two pieces of homework watch mm -hmm. the where's johnny video type who's, in yeah who's johnny, who's johnny? type in then a uh, deadly friend uh deadly friend movie and you will see a scene where the girlfriend does something amazing to an old lady oh 
Okay. The movie's great, by the way. Great in Wes Craven. I'm a big fan. This had so many like fledgling Wes Craven ideas that he didn't have the money or probably time or resources to flesh out. But definitely watch a little Deadly Friend. Starring okay. a young, a young Christy Swanson. Yes, she Who is. You could say today is a Deadly Friend. Yes, I think that's an interesting. Yeah. Yes. Um, and and Ramsey. The great yeah. Am Ramsey, uh, Ma Fratelli, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, oh, that's it. Oh, she's great. Let's just say she is a plays a pivotal role in the greatest, one of the greatest science fiction scenes of all time. Okay, I'm in. And I'm, I might be overselling it, but I might not be. I don't think you are. Guys, speaking I have of, to, yeah, go. Dudes. Speaking of Kirk Cameron, we visited his house in uh, Hollywood when I was a kid. Whoa. Did you was he there? Of his house? He was there. Yeah, his, yeah, my sister had cancer. And she, the Make-A-Wish Foundation asked her like what her wish was and she wanted to meet Kirk Cameron. So we flew out to Hollywood and we went to his house and we hung out with his family. And then that night was the Hollywood Christmas parade. So she drove in the parade with him in a convertible and I hung out in the green room while she was doing that. And I met Mr. T and I got no his way. autograph. Yeah. Well, that's great. And I wanted to get Spuds McKenzie's autograph, but I, he wasn't back there. No. What, um, who was nicer, Mr. T or uh, Kirk? Mr. T was very mean in person and intimidating, and he autographed my book so hard that he actually ripped the paper. Doesn't know his own strength, Mr. T. Was he, was he playing the role, or was he just mean? He was just mean. Yeah. yeah. You know what it is? Like, when you wear, like, 30, 40 pounds of metal around your neck all day <laughs> long, you just, it's so much pressure on it, like, up to the medulla oblongata, the whole thing, it, it just really turns you into not a nice person. Have you seen interviews he gave, like, on Letterman? No. He's a really, like, he's not acting. He's mad. He's just an intense, mad dude. He's an intense, mad dude, and you can tell he's the type of dude that thinks, like, everybody's making fun of him. Oh. Everybody's laughing at him. Uh, and the interviews with him and Letterman are fantastic. They're so uncomfortable. It's just Mr. T being legitimately angry at David Letterman. <laughs> and Letterman trying not to make fun of him. But you know how hard it is to not make fun of somebody that's yep. taking themselves too seriously? You just want to like, ah. <laughs> oh, I'm so intrigued. I love hearing. Because I would just figure it'd be like, oh, actually, Mr. T. And once he turns off Mr. T, super sweet guy. Like, that's what I was expecting. Um, yeah. I don't think so. I heard when he moved in, when he like made it big, when he got rich, he moved into some big mansion. Yeah. And the most amazing feature of the mansion was it had a long driveway and lining the driveway were a bunch of old trees that were really tall and like a hundred years old or whatever. And he chainsawed them all down just to piss off his neighbors. Wow. And that's why he's not called Mr. Tree. <laughs> that's the did, reason. He did actually do that. He did do that. Yeah. Did you know there is a movie? It I couldn't find much information about. There, there was a movie made with and by robots. And basically no one wants anything to do with it. Would you guys like to hear? Like I found some of the actors who were in it. And yeah. I would, you guys want to hear about to, it? Or? It sounds as, yeah. as a, as a cinephile, I believe Doogie would probably want to hear it. Yeah. yeah again, it's uh, a robot movie made with 
and by robots. Wow. Let me look. I, I'm looking here. Uh, starred uh, Robot Redford. Okay. Uh, he was teamed up with Bot Bacula. Remember uh, Bot Bacula? Sure, from Quantum Leap fame. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Let's see who else in it. Uh, Wally Ringwald. Okay. From the Brad. Yeah, mm, she's, yeah, she was also in that. Directed by uh, Megatron Howard. Megatron Howard. Hmm. Yeah, sounds... I'm going through the whole thing I got to IMDB this, yeah. Yeah, uh, let me see. Android Hathaway, she's great. Mm -hmm. She was in that. Music done by God Rest His Soul. Um, Andrew Droid Weber. Just a, a, a genius before his time. Yeah. For, yeah, for robots. Gone too soon. Yeah. Two, two more, guys. Two more. Again, I, this is tough to find this information. Uh, Ice T1000. Ice T1000 was mm -hmm. in it, playing an angry, angry cop. <laughs> yep. He was paired up with uh, Optimus Busta Primes. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So that's uh, I forget I didn't. There's no name. I don't even know. Imagine the name was. But if you guys right. find anything about it, that's a movie made with and by robots. I'm gonna look on Hulu mm. tonight to see if it's on there because that's yeah. a movie that I want to watch. What mm. huh. other chip? Do you have any uh, any movies where robots gain sent gain sentience uh, sentience? So it definitely Based reminded me of Flight of the Navigator, which I yeah. definitely enjoyed as a child. Um, I'm trying to think if there's there you oh you know what movie that I love that is just such a creepy movie it's I don't even know if it's meant to be just the way it's shot is creepy is is the I think it's an old Ray Bradbury story the electric grandmother I sing the body electric the, the the electric grandmother have you ever have you ever ever watched the it's been done a few times like it was done as a Twilight Zone episode okay. once but then there was a movie starring what's the guy is it ed herman is that his name the guy from the lost herman boys <laughs> yes ed herman munster ed herman munster is, is that his name ed herman i think you're it's like ed herman that sounds about right yeah edward herman maybe edward herman yeah the the electric grandmother I'm, I'm looking up to see it was um just such a creepy movie where basically like it was he was the father the mother had passed away there was three kids and they sent away for literally an electric this woman who was this like old lady basically, but she was a robot that Love came it. to sort of like sort of a Mary Poppins situation, mm -hmm. but she was a robot. Yeah. Um, really creepy, but it's like a kid's movie to a certain extent. Uh, but just there's something off about it that I love. That's great. 1982. It was, was this remake uh, or this version of it. I think, again, I think it was a Ray Bradbury, uh, Ray Bradbury film. Do you guys or, want to learn something or something you might know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doogie, what is the origin of the word robot? Do you guys know where the word robot comes from? No. This is great. It's An Asimov a, story? Well, Asimov, like, yeah, basically Asimov, I believe, what was he, 50s maybe? He, he was the guy who really started writing about robots. He did the, the law of robots, you know, yeah. the, uh, the three laws. I believe the first law, guys, a robot may not injure a human being or through an action, allow a human being to come to harm. And yet they do that all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. Right. They don't they don't really adhere to their laws. They're just they like, do not. They're like, yeah, we, we live by them, but not really. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. um, second law, robot must obey the orders given to it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with order number one. Mm -hmm. And of course, the third Law of robots, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. 
a lot of laws. If you're a robot, you're like, life's going to be great. I'm a robot. And they're like, wait, three laws. Really? Yeah. I, I will say I live by those three laws. So yeah. is Kirby coming in? I live by one of them, but I'm not going to tell you which. Yeah, Kirby's right here. Is that, no, can I ask a question? Is he a real boy or is that a robot boy? Don't answer that question. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Hi. Do you like robots? Yes. Who is your favorite robot? You don't have to have a favorite. I mean, I like all types. Do you like BB-8? He's the little round one from the new Star Wars movies. I guess I do. He's fun. Like, if he if he came in my house, BB-8, I would just kick him. I'd just see how far I could kick BB-8. Just like a soccer ball. Yeah, right? Oh, fun. Feelings. No, BB-8, no, it's nothing mean. It's no, nothing mean. I like that everywhere he goes. Yeah. Just like R2-D2, everywhere he goes, people try to put trash in him. They think he's an awful <laughs> trash can. Yep. Kirby, can I ask you, did you like the movie Short Circuit? Oh, yes. Yeah. What was your well, favorite part? Yeah, this is good. When Circuit so, so like comes alive. Yeah, that was a good one. That's a, he was a nice robot, right? You didn't expect him to be so nice, but then he turned into like a fun dancing robot, which I think is a good I way for a robot. I expected him to be nice. Yeah, he was a good guy. Would you like to hang out with uh, Johnny Five? Yes. Kirby, one more question. I know I don't want to pepper you with questions. Would you accept a high five from Johnny Five? Yes. Me too. Mm -hmm. We were watching 2001, and in the beginning, they're talking to Hal, and they ask him, they're like, Hal, does it bother you being controlled by the humans? And Hal says, no, I am happy to do my work. And Kirby said, he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> he knew it. Bad Kirby, you, you, you don't trust how one bit, right? <laughs> Kirby, which movie did you like more? 2001 or Short Circuit? 2001. 2001. Oh. Kirby, what is your, which, if you had to pick one movie, what's your favorite movie? Zombies. There's this what new movie on Disney called Zombies. Okay. Oh, kind of like high school musical, but it's about this town where there are zombies, but they've figured out how to make them so they don't eat people and so zombies and people have to like coexist together and okay that sounds fun like the cheerleading I, squad and kirby i would not high five a zombie because like you know the the hand might come off you got to be careful right, right? Mm -hmm. before kirby's favorite movie was probably one of the home alones when you're talking about all the uh short circuit sequels mm -hmm. there's six home alones yeah the new one six is horrible but the other, like, there's one and two, which are in theaters, but then three, four, and five were all direct-to-video, but they're actually really good. Oh, wow. Especially three and five. Five has Malcolm McDowell in it. Wow. <laughs> um, four, I would say, is the weakest. Um, five also has... Because just, he floods the whole house, too. He floods the whole house. He floods uh, the whole house? Don't you do that, Kirby. You're you're probably a pretty well-behaved little dude, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you wouldn't flood a house. Um, not to brag, Doogie, but we had one of the stars of Home Alone Two on our podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Whoa, you had Joe Pesci on your show. Home Alone and Home Alone Two. Yeah. Yeah. I just keep going through the names. Whoa, you had Macaulay Culkin. Whoa, you had. Keep going. 
one of the pigeons. It was no, um, we had the delightful Santa Moses, one of the uh, one of the children, one of the sisters. Um, she was she also gave us one of the best little acting things. She was five years old. She was in Blues Brothers. She was dancing on top of a cop car. That was her thing. And while she was dancing, this was an exclusive to our podcast. Wow. She messed up. She peed. She did a little pee-pee while dancing. Look, Kirby, she did pee-pee on the car while dancing and didn't tell anybody. Well, by the way, guys, that movie that was made by uh, robots and yeah. all had robots in it, I found, I was looking it up on Wikipedia. There's a couple names that you missed. Oh, okay. Rom Cruz was in it. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't and, know that. Yeah. Um, computer Chip Chantry. Whoa. <laughs> He's one of my favorites. One of my favorites of all time. Yeah, he does. He does a tech podcast, Computer Chip Chantry. I believe mm-hmm. he does. He's great. He does it all in binary code, though, so it's hard to listen to. He's like one zero one 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 zero zero one zero one 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 zero 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 one 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 zero zero one one. Do you think you guys would maybe want to ask me what do you think Steve Gutenberg and Ali Sheedy are up to now? What do you think Steve Gutenberg and Ali Sheedy are up to now? Jeff? Still on that farm in Montana, raising raccoons and stuff. Yep. That's what I'd be they, doing. They did that for the longest time, but uh, it looks like, again, I'm just pulling up Wikipedia here. It looks like Steve Gutenberg went into the food business. He opened up a, uh, a restaurant called Steve Gutenberg's and uh, was promptly sued by the uh, people who own the rights to Good Burger. Yeah. So Steve Gutenberg's a strong case had to close, but he was not to be undeterred. Opened up right after that a veggie burger place called Steve Glutenberger's. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, did that's... okay. His his biggest selling burger was let's see, it was a Steve Gouda burger. I mean, if you're gonna have a cheeseburger, that's the one to have. That's the, it's a veggie cheeseburger called Steve Gouda burger. Um, it eventually you know ran its course and then he got into publishing. He his current um, business called Steve Gutenberg Press. And you're never mm-hmm. going to guess what types of books he publishes. I, I can't imagine. Good books about oh. burgers. Good books about burgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good to know. It's, it's good to know what, what uh, you know what? He, he went from to. actor to entrepreneur. And of course, you guys are interested in what Ali Sheedy's doing? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It looks like also she was good friends with Steve. She started a couple of businesses. She started... Ali Sweeties, a candy shop in LA, Ali Sweeties. Did well for a while. Then, of course, like most people her age, she got into baking and uh, Ali Needies, that's K N E A D Y S, Ali Needies Bread Bakery. Hmm. Didn't last that long. Um, and of course, right now, I think everybody knows uh, her famous meat on a stick restaurant, Ali Shish Kebabs. Okay, sure. Yeah. I didn't know that. I yeah, know her at- bird store, Ali Tweeties. <laughs> And well, and then her, her also her men's blazer store, Alley Tweedies. High end, yes. very high with end. D with a D in there. Yeah. Spelled differently, yeah. 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 Uh, so well, she has basically- a porta potty company called Alley Sheedies. <laughs> yeah, and also that that uh, bowling facility, Sheedies Alleys, I think. Whoa. But she she's- also, you know, Sheets. She has sort of a spinoff of that called <laughs> Alley Sheetsies. <laughs> okay. Um, this it's like Sheets, but it's. Wawa just is not happy with that. Like a celebrity yeah. coming in and just no, they're completely. not completely. 
she's got a lot going on, guys. I love it. I love Very how busy. prolific she is. Speaking how- of uh, Ali Sheedy, the movie, uh, I saw something. I was very excited. I even sort of yelped it when I saw it because I, I and I made a note to tell you, um, I saw a big Buffy at at one point during the movie. Yes. There, there might have been more, but I saw at least one. So did, did we. You, did you so did it? we. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. Doogie, to give you uh, Chip and I, there's a word we like to throw around. Uh, my wife and I created it about 20 years ago. Whenever you're watching a movie and you have a petite person, a normal like your normal woman actress, when she does a scene that involves stunts, they replace that person with a person who is much larger. Um, back in the day of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I don't think they had female stunt women. So they basically just had like a 6'2", 220-pound guy who'd put on a blonde wig and do like some major fight scenes. And we dubbed that a big Buffy. So when you watch any movie where the stunt person is clearly not the actor, just say, oh, big Buffy. I thought when the dog jumped off the roof and she caught the dog, that was clearly somebody else. Yes. There was a lot of Ali Sheedy stunt. There was one where she jumped onto the back of her snack wagon when I think uh, Johnny Five like drove off. And it's just just definitely a man in a wig jumping onto the back of the truck. I love it. A That's man in a you... wig was jumping on Ali Sheedy's snack wagon, and mm-hmm. we were all happy to see it. We oh. we really were. I have a quick. I sometimes I do these lightning quizzes. I love uh, it. Let's Doogie, do it. would you want to put your short circuit knowledge up to a lightning round quiz? It's it's five seconds. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Five questions, thirty seconds. It goes very quickly. You have to answer. You there's really not much time. You have to, it's just Johnny Five instinct. loves lightning. Yeah, yeah. You so. have to. <laughs> wow. You have to, you have to do it under 30 seconds. So, uh, Doogie, let me know when you're ready. And I got five questions about short circuit. I want to see if you can answer these. And again, you can't, there's, you can't, just, there's, there's no delay. Just yep. go. <clears throat> okay. Okay. You ready? ready? Ready. Okay. Ready. Three, two, one. Number one, who's Johnny? Five. Uh, who's Johnny? Five. Who's Johnny? Johnny Five is Johnny. Who's Johnny? Five. He's fine. Johnny Five is fine. Who's Johnny? Five. Who's Johnny? What? You did it in 10 seconds. You did it in 10 seconds, Doogie. Give him a round of applause. I panicked. Just nailed that lightning. You said the first thing that came to the, you told me to just, it was just a reflex. Well, you got them all right, Doogie. Uh, Well done. You know, you know, they say, not in his special way. He's the robot, you idiot. He's the main (laughs) character of the movie. Who's Johnny? Are you kidding? He's the main character of Short Circuit. Who's Johnny the Robot? Are you even paying attention? Hey. Okay. The the I need to get and I do. Yeah, I apologize. You haven't seen it. I need to get into the plot yeah. of the Who's Johnny video. The, for, yeah, there's no for, chip. There's no. I it makes like a who no, done it, but it's a Who Johnny. Who's for Johnny. whatever reason, they're, <laughs> they're trying to figure it out. So they're in Johnny. a courtroom. There, there's a mean prosecutor lady. Ali Sheedy gets brought up on the, the bench. Like, point. who's Johnny? Yes. yes. Oh, you she can't does. handle she, the Johnny. Yeah, she does that. Yeah, and she just and it's then the robot shows up, and you can tell like they really had a shoestring budget because it was only ever I think you only ever saw parts of the robot. It was just, just like, the robot hand. Ah, you just saw hand would, would and it wasn't it wasn't canon. Trust yeah. me, Doogie. It was not canon. It was no. not the same digits it was just i believe uh, it was like basically like a um 
like an old uh, grabber. Yeah, old it was grabber. Yep, yep. It was an old person grabber. Mm-hmm. How could you get Ali Sheedy, but you can't get the robot? What was he doing? Was he? Busy? I don't know. I don't. I I guess they didn't give the rights to uh, to anyone. But they had like a budget guy in a Nova outfit, right? Playing the, the yes, the, the Skoda role, right? And, and uh, then Debar El Debarge himself was sort of, I guess, maybe the the one lawyer who just sang his way through. Mm-hmm. And the a lot of lawyers will do that. Like a lot of lawyers, if they know they don't have a great case, they kind of want to win over the jury by singing their defense in a beautiful falsetto. Do you, by the way, do you know why? Do you know why Elder Barge goes by the name Elder Barge? He's Spanish. No, He's Spanish Barge. Do, do you do you know Jeff? Well, I I do. This might have something to do with it. He actually did something illegal during that scene, and he got uh, debarred. He did from, get debarred. That is yeah. that is true. That is definitely true. Yeah. But uh, no, Chip. I'm sorry. What's well? The there was that that happened in the in the story of the, I'm sorry, of the video, but the. Uh, Doogie, 90% of our, our podcasts are, I'm sorry, Chip. We have, we have facts, that. and I apologize right back, uh, because this is actually a serious fact. Um, the reason that he went by Elder Barge is that the name J.V. Prince was already taken. So uh, he was, he's basically just, it's second string Prince is what he was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but he couldn't use J.V. Prince because it was, already, it was already used. So he's like, I'll just go by Elder Barge. We're going on a lot of tangents here. I never answered the question for you guys. Robot. The origin of the word robot is a relative newcomer to the English language. It was the brainchild of Czech playwright, novelist, and journalist Carl Kapek, C-A-P-E-K. It is a good crossword puzzle clue. Hmm. We'll say inventor of the word robot, C-A-P-E-K. He introduced it in his 1920 hit play, R-U-R, or Rosum's universal robots um the word robot in czech comes from the old slavic word rabota which means servitude or forced labor hmm i like you ever it. heard some people say the word robot and they say it like robot yeah i, I don't robot. like that robot what's going yeah. on there it's very i'm very uncomfortable it's like what's when somebody deal? calls soda pop yeah it's i know or it's like fishy. when you're when your elderly relatives it's like what's you guys want to watch a robot cop you're like robot cop they're like yeah robot you know to detroit robot, robot cop robot like, cop mm-hmm. you, like all right we kid, can watch that do you kids want to go look at television that was one in, in my grandma's house you want to i go wonder look if somebody at did make a knockoff called robot cop because you could oh, there's gotta be there's gotta yeah. be robot cop how great was RoboCop? holy shit that's a great fun movie yeah that's a good i movie. would i wouldn't like kirby watching that with me too many questions you know what I was recently, th- oh, his main question would be, why don't they shoot him in the mouth? <laughs> <laughs> That's everybody's question, but yeah, I wouldn't yeah. expect it. I'm not saying, I, I'm, not, I'm not to expect, it. obviously, a very bright young boy. But Thank you. Yes, just wanted to lay it out there, but not normally. Dad, can we just yeah. shoot him in the mouth? Yeah. I think the, he's a problem the bad guys are like, that wouldn't be cool. That'd be not yeah. fair. You think, fair. you think bad guys, there's a code of like ethics where they're just like, I could just lay him out right now, but it's like in Pretty Woman, she wouldn't kiss on the mouth. It's yes. the same principle. They won't shoot him in the mouth. Yeah. And yeah. she was also AI. She was, yeah. You find out at the very end, woman. Yeah, that you find out that like he 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 went to marry her, and then at the very end, he just like he went to pull put like the uh, 
the necklace on her and but mm-hmm. the flap came back where like her battery is and you yeah wow you know it's a great great movie speaking of isaac asimov uh i robot will smith that's a really good one really i really liked it because i really liked the android in it his name's like jerry or has like a human name um he's very by the end you just you're rooting for him it was his eye phase. He had I am legend, I robot, yeah. um, I, 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 which mm-hmm. is some kind of Italian comedy. Yeah. Do you know in uh, in Spanish, the movie I, Robot, you guys know the name of it? Yeah. Yo, Robot. Yeah. Literally, if you go and yo look robot. at the Spanish mm-hmm. language version, the, the, the book just says, Yo, Robot. Will Smith's face. If I can get back to one of my favorite robot movies i'd love you to i I, just reminded me of this it's not a movie but an actual episode of the old twilight zone where box they we lived in a world where boxing was outlawed because it was too violent oh yeah so they had robot boxers basically like rock and stop and robots but like life-size and uh a horrifying episode of i don't want to give too much away but a horrifying yeah. episode uh, i think it's just called steel is the name you, of the episode. you can give it away i mean it's it came yeah. out 60 years ago we'll, we'll so, get a lot of we'll get a lot of spoiler alert chip yeah it was spoiler alert right yeah. here turn it off if you don't want to see it but it was an old boxer himself who yep. was like the manager the owner of the robot but it was a broken down old robot the robot wouldn't fight so he disguises himself as the robot i've done that I'll go in and fight. You've done that, Jeff, right? <laughs> and he went not in the fun. ring and he fought not a fun. robot and it did not go well. No. Do you guys, there's a movie called Blue Steel with Huge Jackman, Huge Jackman, the actor. Huge Jackman? Isn't that his name? Huge Jackman? He's very yeah, there's two of them. There's a big one and a little one. What, yeah. The little Jackman. big one is. That's Little Jackman. Named Little Jackman. The little one is named Huge Jackman, which is confusing. Mm-hmm. They were part, they were two of the members of the Jackman Five, I think, right? Oh. Yeah, there were how many people were in that? Five. John, Johnny Five. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, a huge Jackman role. It was the big one. Um, yeah, he. What's his sister's name? Is it Hugh Jackwoman? <laughs> yes, I believe so. Okay. I think the movie's called Blue Steel, where he like manages like they're robot fighters, and like people love it. Because like the robots are so real and so like humanized that you feel, and it actually when it came out, people are like, "This is going to be bad," but it's turned into a movie. People are like, "No, this is good." It's like robot jocks. I've heard the same thing. Like people actually like that one too, and it's got a lot of cool practical effects. Okay, I love talking. Jocks? No, I have not. Yeah, I've heard, I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things about it, and it's similar. It's one of those movies that came out, and people are like. This thing's gonna stink, and it had a low budget, but so they did a lot of practical effects, and I think it's highly regarded as sort of a, a B movie. And I think people do appreciate if anyone could pull off practical effects. You know, anytime you could mm-hmm. be like, "Hey, I wouldn't mind a little break from CG. Maybe just see some real robots beating yeah. the crap out of each other." <laughs> yeah. Do you guys like Chappie? I really like Chappie. I never I did not saw see it. Chappie, Chappie, and what was the other one that you the, go? Uh, District no, the nine. yeah, District District Nine stayed with me, man. Holy crap, that movie! I really liked it. And the final, you know, robots are just living in like a ghetto. Um, and the same thing with Chappie. Like at the end, you're like, wow, it went there. And that's all I'm gonna say. No spoiler alerts, but I really like both of them. 
And hmm. Chappie also had that South African crazy rap duo in it. Yeah, it's Ford. Oh, God. I love those guys. I can't get enough of them. I will yeah. watch anything Diane Ward does. And what a what a powerhouse duo. Yeah. They should get like a, a sitcom, just like on a, you know, wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> Diane Ward. I'd watch it. <clears throat> Who yeah. would their neighbors be? Like the same neighbors you had growing up on the yeah, farm? Yeah, just giant dogs. Giant mm-hmm. dogs. Every, yeah, every episode them fighting dogs. But they would, those two would literally make friends with the dogs. Those two would have those dogs mm-hmm. as their pets. Those dogs would have tattoos, um, would have very cool haircuts, right? Mm-hmm. Guys, any other robot? I, I, will, I could literally, it's Saturday night, I could talk about robots forever. Batteries not included. Batteries not Ooh. included. Good one. Yeah. Beep, beep, beep. Do you guys remember that? I don't know if Steven Spielberg directed it or if he just produced it. I feel like around that time, there were so many movies that he would produce, but I think he was like kind of secretly semi-directing them too because they had that wow. look. Yeah. <clears throat> Nutshell and... for me, Dukes. Nutshell. What uh, What are we talking about with batteries so not included? So it's like in the Bronx or something, and it's mostly mm-hmm. in this building. And it's about all the different people that live there. And I think the building is going to get knocked down. And the people that live there are trying to stop that from happening. And this weird little robot shows up and it's all banged up. And then a bunch of other little robots show up and they're like a robot family. And they're really smart, but they can't really talk. And then they slowly figure out that they're aliens and they have powers um and then john leguizamo like smashes one of them with a pipe or something like that it's really heartbreaking like the john leguizamo character really puts you through the emotional ringer um he's one of those characters that you're like you can tell he's a nice guy but he does bad things makes bad decisions and i remember it was a real heartbreaking uh emotional roller coaster type of film i'm 100 in on this uh, what year are we talking? Really good. Like 86, 87? Maybe 80s, yeah. What yeah. about, uh, there's a movie, I don't have it on my, I remember Daryl with like D. Yes. Period with, I A. Think, was it the kid from, uh, was it Elliot from E.T.? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, and it was about, he was also a robot boy. Mm-hmm. He was uh-huh. a, a an android. Not in this, the vein of like a replicant, but just a straight up android. And there speaking a- of replicants, Blade Runner. Yeah. Come on. You know what? You know what the best version of Blade Runner is? All you nerds out there saying which one's the best? They're all great. I like every one of them. Give me as much Blade Runner as possible, Doogie. I've only seen the edited for TV move, uh, version. That's my favorite. <clears throat> yeah. With all the curse words taken out and uh, commercials every 15 minutes. <laughs> and um, I like that version. I prefer yes. Blades Long. of Glory, the Will Ferrell ice skating film. Which who was the robot in that one? Was it was Will? I, I believe was, it was uh, Jenna Fisher from The Office. She do you know who it. also is in that? The uh, wasn't the guy from Pedro movie? You know the, the oh, Napoleon Dynamite was in that. Yes, Napoleon. Oh, that's yeah. not John so John Hader. I was John in Alaska Hader. and we were like in the middle of nowhere and we were at this weird little bar in Alaska and they were showing Blades of Glory and I was watching it and I was like, oh, there's John Cancel. John Cancel is in it. He's in it. John Cancel, Philadelphia comedian. John Cancel. I know he's John. Swedish, like one of the German judges or something. Judges. He he's a German. judge. 
I, I, I have to tell you, I was there with him when he got cast as that. I was visiting him for like 10 days out in Hollywood. And I went with him to the casting. He went it, and they wanted to cast me as like some sort of Scandinavian gent. Like again, basically an extra. And you said, but, no, give it to John. Cause yeah. I was leaving, I was leaving two days later and it was like shooting in like two weeks or something like that. But I was going to be like basically a glorified extra as you, some do sort you of think, did, did they look at you and they're like, you could be maybe like Will, Will, I mean, Will Ferrell's younger brother. I was his big Buffy. You were his big. Wow. Yeah. I was his little Will as they, as they call it. Does Ken, doesn't, does Kensel, does he live locally now or is he still out there? No, he lives in the uh, Philadelphia area. Yeah, so I thought okay. I can't give his address out. I don't think he would like. I it. would like to know. Is Do just it. DM me his uh, okay. exact I'm address. TP his place on Halloween. Yeah. Was the Wid in that also? Legendary Wid. Was he in that movie? I've heard a legend. I was around a campfire once, and an old timer told a legend about him being in it. But I don't know if he was just if that was just Monkey Shines or. <laughs> um, he was also in the movie Monkey Shines. Yes, that movie's incredible. I don't yeah. want to get off topic. There's no robots nope. in it, so. Well, we could say there is, and people yeah. would just probably accept. Yeah, that you could true. say that about any movie, like, like. Hey guys, when you watch Monkey Shines, try to pick out the robot. If you're smart, <laughs> yeah. you can. Hey, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. See if you can figure out which one of those kids is an actual robot. Trick question, because it's the two redheaded customers when Brad is working at the yep. Frying Dutchman. They come yes. in. They are both robots. Yes, they are. Very good. Clones or replicants. What they were like models nine and ten. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird because robots shouldn't have to worry about blemishes, but they no, were worried but about they blemish. did because that's how well they were disguised into the culture of right. you know, Southern California in the early 80s. So basically, like any that'd be fun to any movie you recommend, end it with just try to pick out the who's a robot and then just walk away. Mm-hmm. Do it to your son. Make him go nuts. He would go nuts. Yeah. Be like, holy shit, there's a robot in this. <laughs> Dad. He'd be like, it's Christopher Walken. Yes. Um, all right. So yeah, definitely. All right. I'm gonna watch Batteries Not Included. I want you guys homework. I want you to watch Chappie. Okay. And I okay. want you to I want you to watch the video. Chip and I beg you to watch the video. Please. For El DeBarge. Who's Johnny? Who's Johnny? Who's Great Again, song. Great song. They, Terrible video. As, as Doogie ever, pointed out, everyone should know who Johnny is, but they don't. Right? Here's Johnny. Here's Johnny. They what say. do we got coming up, guys? We have Doogie's show on the 29th, Helium Comedy. Chip, you are doling out comedy at a rapid clip also, I see. You're doling it out? Mm-hmm. In little that. chunks. Constant, constant comedy. Uh, I'm going to be at uh, Helium Comedy Club January 10th through the 12th. Nice. I'm sorry, February 10th. February, yeah. J- January 10th through the 12th already happened with Tammy yeah. Pescatelli, who I don't believe is a robot. And then uh, maybe it's a stretch. Mm-hmm. 10th through the 12th, I'll be at Helium. And then on the 13th and 14th, I'll be at the Borgata oh. Casino uh, for Valentine's Day. I'll be doing um, I'll be I'll be doing some comedy there. So, yeah. And you like you like the casino because they treat you to pretty good food, right, Chip? Don't you get like a? They do. They give you free food. They have a secret. There's a secret. Secret. I shouldn't be even be saying this. No, there's I know, a but... secret lair just for employees where there's an employee cafeteria. And just it's... go through back doors, and yes. I you go through like uh, the the um, 
the HVAC, what do you call that up there? That we're, we're Doogie, you're an expert of, uh, of the movie Die Hard. Die Hard. It is. Air you ducks. Have to crawl through air the, ducks. The ducks. You're crawling so through the, the air, ducks. air ducks and just going mm-hmm. down and maybe get yeah. some Peking duck. But then there's a there's Sunday bar at the end. So, you know, oh. it's all worth it. If you were trying to say ducks, like mm-hmm. the kind that he crawls through, but people thought you were saying ducks, the kind yeah. that fly, if you tried to clarify by saying air ducks, it wouldn't clarify no, it, it would no i didn't think of that it like all ducks are air ducks confusing. all yeah. ducks are air ducks mm-hmm. holy shit yeah all ducks are air that. ducks mind blown hope nobody's smoking marijuana while they listen to this podcast we, just, we, we don't just we don't allow it actually no, we, don't. Oh, we have really? a disclaimer yeah, yeah you go to our website you. disclaimers yeah. we're a um we're a clean we're straight edge i actually we're nice. one of the few straight edge comedy podcasts we hmm. ask you not to uh drink or smoke or have se- or Please don't have sex during nope. listening. To- whoops. Please don't. Oh, sorry. Someone, right yeah. now, someone's going, whoops. Well, not when you're late. recording it, Doogie, just when you're listening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Recording it, fine. We've had guests. And I, I have to say, like, I'll admit, like, I am on a heavy dose of horse tranquilizers right now, but those are for horses. Is it horse tranquilizers or dog horse tranquilizers? It's dog. It's horse dog tranquilizers. Horse dog tranquilizers. Horse dog I was uh, leaving a show last night and I passed this pizza place. I was in Buffalo. I don't mean to name drop. And I pulled into this pizza. It was the kind of pizza place you could tell like, oh, this is like a good local place. I park kind of behind it. I go and I get some pizza. I eat the pizza in my car. As I'm eating the pizza in the car, a car pulls up behind me and kind of parks like double parks on the street. And so I can't get out, but it's not a problem because I'm eating my pizza. I don't need to get out. So, but I'm watching the people in my rear view mirror and there's a bunch of people in the car and I notice they, they're like sipping little things of whiskey. And I'm like, well, that's fine. They're partying in their car. Then I notice they're smoking weed. I'm like, well, that's fine. They're partying in their car. Then I notice they're doing cocaine. Oh and I was God. like, oh man. And I'm almost done with my pizza. <laughs> in a minute, <laughs> I'm going to have to talk to these people. Yeah. And that's going to move their car. And they're all yeah. coked up and stuff. And I was like, oh, jeez. Oh, so I got out of my car and I was like, hello, hi. And they didn't see me. Of course, they're very busy doing drugs. And I was like, yes, hello, like getting closer and closer. I really don't want to knock on the window. You know, I'm just like yeah. waving. I'm like, on, hello. You know, finally, I'm right up on the car and I'm like, hi. And finally, <laughs> they go, ah. And I go, hey, could you move just a little bit so I can get out? And one of the really coked up guys was out. He's, he goes, we're leaving, we're leaving, we're leaving. And I go, you don't have to leave. If you just move, we're leaving, we're leaving. Fine, fine. Okay. Could you move the cocaine mobile? I need to go home. Yeah, I was like, oh, man. They were probably looking at me being like, boy, this guy's really going to town on this pizza. Is he a they're, robot? What if What if they're on like a cocaine podcast right now? And they're like, you know, talk about cocaine. They're like, yeah, so last night, you know, we're doing cocaine. The host is like, this is awesome. Keep going. We see, we <laughs> see, good stuff, guys. <laughs> and you're not going to believe who we see. And the, and the guy's like, uh, I don't know. And they're like, do you guys know uh, Alfred New York's second funniest comedian? And the host is like, yeah, Doogie Horner. They're like, yep, it was Doogie going to town on some pizza. And they're like, holy <laughs> shit. Holy shit. What's that cocaine podcast called, Chip? We we listened to it. We discussed it. Um, yeah, uh, wh- I I'm, I'm trying oh, to think. God, yeah, I forget what it is. It's like a a buffalo based. Yeah, it's a buffalo based buffalo based cocaine, cocaine it's a really podcast. Good one too, I li- and I listen to it a lot. I should look it up on my Stitcher. It's um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's oh um, 
I, I uh, do, do you remember what it is? Jeff? <laughs> oh yes, it's Buffalo. Buffalo. I think Buffalo. 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 Well, that's Buffalo. that was like that's one of the offshoot podcasts, I believe. Um, okay, they have a whole. It's a podcast network. I know that. Yeah, it's a cocaine. It's a Northeast cocaine podcast network yeah. of cocaine. People love cocaine. Um. Oh, I. Uh, my favorite powder, I think, is the one that I was thinking of. Is that the one? I, I think. think I think is. it's called Snowbelt. Snowbelt. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's on Slate, I believe. That's a little high end. It's called Snowbelt with Slate, where they go through and basically it's like, hello, welcome to Snowbelt. On today's episode, <laughs> we discovered a group of people in upstate New York who do cocaine. This is our story. And then they're like, have you guys tried Pajama Gram? If you want to get the latest in pajama footwear, try our sponsor, Pajama Gram. It's really good. I, I guys, again, Doogie, like you, I do impressions as well. Yeah, that's really that's, good. That's my slate. Do you guys listen to the, to the cocaine podcast, This Colombian Life? <laughs> or the, uh, I, I've really gotten into it. I know it's a little controversial, but I'm really into him, and I think it's really good. Uh, the, the, blow joke, the Blow Rogan experience, <laughs> that one is, I think, really good. The blow blogan experience. The blow blogan experience. Yeah. I think blow blogan experience. I think that was the one we were thinking of. That's the one. That's the one we we're. What's that of. regional um, cocaine podcast that's up in Maine? It's called Chowda and Powder. Chowda and Powder. Oh, really good one. I need yeah. subtitles for that. Like I have to watch it on YouTube. So, I can't understand yeah. a word they're saying. Understand a word they're it's saying. such a thick. They're talking accent. so fast, and their mouths are full of <laughs> thick soup, and they're talking a mile a minute. Plus the accents, and you're just like, what is going on? Yeah. Oh, regional podcasts. Regional podcasts are just rough. Yeah. Doogie, we need every guest to basically we end the show with them telling us about the time to... you killed someone. Well, well, if you want, if you have anything to go. admit right here, nobody's listening, right? Nobody's um, listening. <clears throat> you tell us. You have to tell someone new why they should watch 1986's Short Circuit. Is that when it came out? I believe that is correct. Because I think it's the type of movie you don't see anymore mm-hmm. that is, first of all, in theaters these days, they just don't really release comedies because they're like, well, that's what TV is for. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, you don't go to the theater really to see comedies. Or if you do, they're not, they're like, I don't know, there's a different vibe. They're trying to make them big. But this is, in a way, like you said, a small s- story but with high production value, it's got, you never know which way it's going to turn. You're like, is the next thing going to be sad or intense or funny? Um, It's a really interesting time capsule. But at the same time, I think it still holds up. It's, It's funny. It's quirky. It's unique. It seems like the people making it are enjoying themselves yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it's when you can tell somebody's having fun that's fun and uh and and yeah for for all those reasons i think that's great i think that's going to win over a lot of a lot of a lot of uh short circuit naysayers and doubters i think we're gonna they're they're out there oh they're out the day most of them are anti anti anti-vaxxers also Mm -hmm. i don't know why It, it just lines up because they're stupid people, I guess. Because they're ignorant sluts. Or they, they listen are. to the the Blow Rogan experience, and Blow I think Logan. You know, a lot of people, a lot of really good facts there. Doogie, 
Thank you so much. We're going to see you at Helium. Right after that, we're going to stay at Helium. We're going to camp out there. You're going to see Chip at Helium. Two weeks after Chip at Helium, guess who's going to be at Helium? Who? Jeff Lyons? Hey, I'm doing some HVAC work there as a oh, side cool. project. Yeah, they need That's to great. get their, uh, their, air, their air ducts cleaned out, and I have sure. some experience doing that. That's so uh, all three of us are going to be at Helium. What kind of air ducts? Uh, the metal ones, not like the, not oh, like the decoys. No, not like the animals, the air ducts you see in the air, oh. actually like HVAC air ducts. Okay. Yeah. I know people get that confused all the time. Air yeah. ducts. Two Guys, kind of air ducts. make sure you check out Doogie, his own podcast called air ducts with Doogie Horner on the slate podcast network. Mm -hmm. Really Chip good and I we're guesting on the blow Blogan podcast <laughs> next week. We're very excited about that. Uh, good night, everybody. Thank you, guys. Good night. Good night.